Welcome to the Binge Breakers Podcast. I'm Jacqueline. I am here to teach you how I overcame bulimia and my binge eating disorder, and how you can too. Through simple steps of mind management, repairing your relationship with yourself, understanding your habits, and intuitive eating. Disclaimer. This recording is not intended to be utilized as medical advice or a medical diagnosis. If you think you're in need of medical attention or treatment, please seek it immediately. This recording will also contain sensitive subjects such as binging and purging, weight and depression. Please listen at your own discretion and do what you think is best for you. Hey guys, this is Jacqueline from the future slash past. It's the future in this episode, but it's going to be the past since you're still going to be listening to it on Friday. However, this episode is going to be a little bit different today. It has nothing to do with bulimia, and I don't want to, for those of you guys that are new to this podcast, just checking out, looking for bulimia-specific advice, go check out one of my other episodes. This episode is going to be more of a personal story and the lessons I learned from it, but I still think you can take away a lot, away a lot from it. And I really enjoy when podcast hosts that I follow listen or share personal stories of theirs because it makes me feel like they're a real person and I get to know them on a deeper level. And uh, it's sometimes I learn things that I wouldn't have expected to. It just shows their humanity. So yeah, that's what this podcast episode is going to be about. And it's going to be all about my car crash that occurred on Sunday. But first, I always like to give a little update and basically what's going on with coaching. And so uh, my coaching one-to-one has been booked for uh, a while now, but I will have two spots available starting next week. If you would like to be coached by me, start a coaching relationship one-on-one, you can sign up through my website link. Now, also the group coaching, that is going fantastically. It's so cool to have these tight-knit, it's it's a group of four women actually, that are coaching together and it just is such a nice, safe Um, powerful community because everyone in the group is in a different spot in their recovery. Some people are really maybe like doing good, no binging and purging. Some people are still in the thick of binging and purging. Some people are just teeter-tottering. They're all in different places and they all have their own strengths and things that they're still struggling with. And just like today, for as an example, Someone came on the group, was really doing really well, and was explaining that while I was talking to her. And then another person came on and shared that she was really struggling. And then all the other people in the chat and the group that day commented and said, like, it's okay, you know, you can get through this. And people gave advice to this person on, you know, when they had been there, that they totally understand that it's they've it's happened to them and now look where they are. It was real life encouragement from real life people going through it in the moment. It was so powerful and so cool to see. And I think there's something about group coaching that can offer my clients and people out there that I can't offer them. Um, Because it's one thing to hear, like, you can do it from me, someone who has gone through it and is now on the other side. It's not that I'm perfect and everything, but in that aspect, I am further ahead of the game. But to hear it from your people that are almost, you know, around the same space and time and point in their recovery journey to hear advice from them. People are still going through it. I just think it is invaluable. So, so excited that I opened up a group and that it's going so well. The next group will start, the next three month group will start in August. Deadline for to sign up for that is 
uh, July uh, 28th, I believe. <laughs> and you can apply in the podcast link description or the podcast description link. And um, what happens if you apply is you'll get an email from me. We'll set up a little consult, make sure it's appropriate for you, and then we'll get you started. So you guys can check those both out. Enjoy the episode. I don't want to waste any more of your guys' time. Uh, talk to you guys later. Bye. This weekend, uh, I was going about my business. I was really excited because I was going to go to the gym. Weekends are such a time for me to recuperate, uh, especially that this past month was really busy. So I've really been just taking a chill pill uh, these weekends. But I was on my way to the gym and then I was going to go to the grocery store. I was going to be productive, clean the house, stuff like that. I was turning left outside of my apartment complex and then completely smashed into someone else's car who was going the opposite direction. Um, and I thought I looked, I wasn't on my cell phone and I still hit someone that seemingly came out of nowhere, but it was definitely all my fault. And it really happened in the flash of an eye. The insurance person I was talking to this morning asked me, you know, did you try to swerve? Did you honk your horn, try to take any evasive action? And I was like, no, I just... The only time I realized someone was there was that I got hit. And so afterwards, um, I'm okay. And thankfully, the people in the car are okay, too. Uh, but when I got out of the car to see if they were all right, you know, their car is in the middle of the road, just stopping. I was able to pull my car off, still functional, um, barely. But the other person, I see this woman get out of the car and she doesn't speak English, only Spanish. It's very common here um, in Miami. It's more common to speak Spanish than it is to speak English here. And she didn't speak English um, at all, it seemed. And she was just hysterical and crying and clearly like livid with me, which is understandable because I just crashed into her car um, out of nowhere. And then I come to realize she was checking someone that was in the back seat. And it was this six-year-old girl uh, and I just had this wave of nausea and guilt and shame wash over me and I had this thought of oh my god like this this girl's hurt she is hurt someone's hurt I could have killed these people I know that they're still alive but they could be severely injured what have I done you know just over and over my mind was saying like what have I done I'm talking about right now because I just feel I still feel really emotional about it. I don't know because I know that it was an accident. I know I didn't try to hurt these people, but it was so jarring to think that you had done something completely fine. And then your mind, like, I don't, my boyfriend asked me after what it was I thinking, you know, in, not in a, a mean way, just thinking, where was your mind at when that happened? I'm curious, very compassionate. And I told him, I don't know. I, I just, looked I did not see anyone and it's almost like my mind played a trick on me like I it really freaked me out but anyway that was going through my mind there's kind of emotions that were there but I I had that and then I immediately also wanted to have the other reaction of saying I'm sorry I didn't mean to it was an accident and not in I mean you know that's something you say when you make a mistake I had that initial gut reaction to defend and um make amends and try to make this woman who was you know yelling at me she kept she wasn't she was speaking in Spanish but she was saying 
she kept pointing to her eyes and like the road, like saying in a way, you know, were you, were you even looking? What were you doing? That sort of thing is what I assumed she was saying and just yelling at me. She was shaking her head. And I eventually, I just kind of stepped back and I realized after a couple seconds, like not only does she not speak English, it doesn't matter. She needs to hate me right now. And that's the first thing I remember thinking that made me stop, even though I was feeling all these emotions, I just thought, no, she needs to be mad at someone right now. And I just crashed into her car, me trying to change her emotions, me trying to get her to forgive me on the spot. That's not going to work, you know, and it's not, it's not going to help the situation. Me trying to get her to forgive me is me trying to make myself feel better. And she is going through emotional traumatic response. Someone just hit her car, almost killed her daughter and herself. She needs to be upset. Uh, and go through that. So I just kind of stopped and I, I called the police, right? Because especially since she didn't speak in English, I didn't know what else to do. Called the police and we waited on the side of the road. Um, she's still yelling, but it's, you know, calming down. She's talking to someone on the phone as well. And eventually the police show up and we get the information down. And I just, it took a while. Eventually her husband showed up and her son who both spoke English uh, and they communicate with me for a little bit. And the husband was obviously very mad, but all of this I'm rambling at this point, but all this to say, this was an event that I was unexpected to not purposefully do, but I felt so much shame and guilt. And um, I also felt such a deep distrust in myself because it happened in such a way that was baffling to me. I kept going over and over again in my mind, like, how did I not see them? How did that happen? What the hell was I doing? What was I thinking? Uh, and it just created this response where it's like, I can't drive again. I can't ever drive again. This is ridiculous that I did this. Um, you, you cannot be trusted. And it was similar to what I would say when I first started binging and purging and when I would make mistakes earlier on in my bulimia and just in general, you know, I was mean to myself before I was in bulimia, obviously. And I kept saying things like, you know, you can't be trusted. You, you were terrible at this. Let's just not even try. Let's not go back. And it was very harsh. And eventually I had just listened to a podcast a few weeks earlier about, you know, it's okay to suck sometimes. And so I thought, you know, that's not going to work out. I'm going to have to drive at some point but you're trying to make yourself immediately feel better or trying to change the emotion somehow. Let's just sit with the fact that we fucked up. We messed up. Even though we didn't mean to, it's not like I had the intent to hurt someone, but we, we fucked up. And it's not, you're not going to feel happy about this. And I don't want to feel happy about this. I don't want to change my emotion from feeling sad, but we also don't want to completely go in the opposite direction and beat ourselves up and um, hate ourselves, you know? We just want to accept responsibility and um, stay at least collected for this time. And so I was also trying to keep it together because uh, this woman and these people, this woman in particular seemed hysterical and I'm not trying to um, down, like be mean when I say that she just was clearly in a heightened emotional state and not thinking very clearly and rightfully so. So I wanted to stay calm, but in the moment, I just remember staying quiet and, you know, making sure they were right and talking to the police. And I 
saying like, yeah, it's all my fault. Um, it was definitely me. I don't know why in particular that happened, but it definitely happened because of me. All that being said, I want to share with you some tactics I used this weekend to help and some things that I'm still going through right now. Um, and hopefully for you guys that are going through, maybe you just binge and purge after six months of sobriety, not binging and purging, being recovered. Maybe you just keep messing up every single day with it. Who knows what you're going through? Maybe you just had a, maybe you just got into an accident. I don't know, but I'm going to share with you some of the things that I've been doing this past few days that have been helping me and some of the things that haven't. So the first thing that really didn't help was resisting emotions that I kind of talked about that initially, but what really helped in the moment um, when she was mad at me was not trying to defend and not trying to make her like me or not trying to make her um, forgive me immediately, just really accepting the responsibility and saying, you know, it's not that she hates you. She just hates what you did. And she needs someone to, to blame. She needs someone to make sense of this situation that just happened. And I'm going to be that person. And it really helped me to then just sit into, okay, I'm a human that messed up. I didn't resist feelings of like, uh, responsibility or the fact that I hadn't messed up. I didn't try to mask anything. I just was like, it was me. It was definitely me. And that, I'm, that hurt. It really hurt to say that out loud and to really sink into the fact that I am the one that messed this car up. I'm the one that almost they could have killed people. Luckily, it turned out to be much more minor than that, but it could have been very bad. And I, it hurt to accept that and just the full responsibility and weight of what could possibly happen. But would have been far, what would have been far worse is if I had tried to um, pretend like it wasn't that bad or pretend like um, it was their fault or something like that, or try to maybe mask those emotions. I thought about drinking alcohol after that. I really did. I didn't think about it that strongly. It wasn't that intense, but I was like, you know what? I like, fuck it. This could just be nice to have some alcohol and not really think about things. Let's just chill out tonight. I didn't do that. I just was like, no, we're going to sit with this. Um, other things that didn't, uh, didn't help was dwelling in the unknowns. So, uh, part of it was, you know, their car seems like it might be repairable, but it might also be totaled. My car is definitely, um, it laughingly enough is drivable, but not really. Uh, and so I have to get a new car and also these people, I was thinking about my insurance and my insurance. I talked to them today. It is covered, um, because I have coverage for other vehicles, obviously, but, you know, there was this panic of me of, you know, what if something goes wrong with the insurance? What do I have to pay out out of pocket? What if it isn't all covered? What if I did something wrong? That's going to make the situation even worse. And I obviously made a claim during the weekend, but my mind, you know, I wouldn't find out fully till Monday and my mind kept going to what if, what if, what if, and that just constant worry and, and worrying about something that I can't even control or, or fix really didn't help me. So what did help was being like, you know what here, if this happens, I went to the worst case scenarios and I was like, okay, if this happens, this is what I'll have to do. But right now we can't worry about it. We don't know. And it's not going to help us to worry about it. It doesn't fix the problem. doesn't make it happen any faster, any sooner. It just makes us stressed out and worried. So that helps me a lot. It also helps me to talk to others and lean on emotional support a little bit. I talked to my partner a lot. I talked to my parents the next day um, just to kind of like admit what happened and everything. And then the last thing was 
forgiving myself, which is maybe the whole point of this long ramble, this episode that seems all over the place, but I really had to forgive and let go. And it doesn't mean when you forgive someone like that, did something awful in your life. It doesn't mean that you were saying you're justifying those actions that they did that you have to, you want to forgive them for. I looked at the definition of forgiveness um, and it says, stop feeling angry or resentful toward someone for an offense, flaw, or mistake. And another one, another definition, which is um, in terms of money, but it could be, you know, in terms of anything that isn't necessarily money is it says cancel a debt. I, I get asked a lot from people, like, how do you forgive? How do you forgive yourself for making mistakes? I mean, I don't know how to do that. And I always ask them sometimes, like, how do you forgive your daughter or someone else or your kids or your partner when they do something? And they just kind of say, well, I do it. I let go of what happened. I don't hold on to resentment towards them. It doesn't necessarily make it okay, but I'm not going to hold it against them. I'm not going to keep on bringing it up. And that's kind of what has happened in my life when other people, as you guys know from my confessions, I did some things that really hurt people when I was bulimic and beyond that. I've done, I still, I'm going to continue making mistakes, but what really helped was when they offered me forgiveness, they didn't weren't justifying my actions. They weren't saying, oh, it's okay if you continue doing those things. It's okay if you, um, whatever, it was totally fine when you did them, but they're letting go of the anger, resentment, and they are um, accepting the reality of what happened and then moving on with it. So when I think about forgiving myself this weekend, what I did was I kind of accepted the reality and I accepted the responsibility. And I said, you know, this happened. It doesn't make it okay. It's still not great, but we can't change it. We can't get a time machine and make this all go away. So we're going to move on and let go of any anger and resentment we have towards ourselves. I do think that even people who have done terrible things, while there should be repercussions, holding on to resentment and anger towards those people really only hurts you because you're the one feeling the anger and resentment. So it's a really interesting concept when you think of not being able to forgive yourself. The only one you're hurting further is you. You're not making it better if you're holding, if you're not letting, you're not giving yourself any forgiveness and grace and compassion. You're only making things worse for yourself. It's not really driving you to do better actions because you're already so cruel to yourself. If anything, when you are cruel to yourself, you're more likely to make more bad decisions because what's the point? Even if you do well for a little while, you're still holding those past actions against yourself. You're still feeling the pain and punishment and reliving those actions all the time, which the first day and you know, a lot of Sunday too, I was kind of reliving it and being like, look what you did, look at what you did, look at what you did, you know, and just repeating it to myself and also kind of looking at myself with such disappointment and shame. So what I really did the Sunday afternoon and today is really saying this has happened. It doesn't mean it is okay or that it is good, but it is the reality of the situation. You're a human that makes human mistakes. It is okay to move forward and accept the reality and stop holding resentment towards yourself. Stop berating yourself for it happening. You can do better next time. It will be all right. And I know that this is such a vague, um, vague and strange episode, but 
if you want to forgive yourself for something that you did, what I find really helpful is really looking at, well, if I don't forgive myself, how is that helping? And also looking at if I do forgive myself, how much better might I feel? And also looking at it from a friend, you know, if a friend came to you and said, I did this thing, would you forgive them? And how would you do that if you did forgive them? Uh, I think a lot about the people I loved, you know, if my boyfriend had said the same thing, if he came home and said that, I still would forgive him, right? It's kind of like either that or you're holding on to a grudge against yourself. Grudges and revenge stories, they're never really helpful. They never really help undo what was already done. It's a classic trope in movies, right? The person who is looking for revenge is just this person that is riddled and their life is ruined by trying to seek revenge or um, trying to make it right by hurting the other person. And that's kind of what we do when we don't forgive ourselves. We just hold on to a grudge against yourself, ourselves. It just creates this um, anger and, and kind of toxicness in our own bodies. It is kind of like a disease, an infection that just keeps growing and growing. It doesn't help. It never changes the past and doesn't do a whole lot of good for your future. Um, so, and I also don't think like I live under the terms that no one's really entitled to anything, which is interesting. It's an interesting way to think about life, but um, I don't really believe I deserve forgiveness or acceptance or um, bad things. I just think I am, I exist and life happens and maybe there's not necessarily a huge meaning for it. Uh, which I know seems like a strange philosophy to have, uh, but that is kind of the rules I live by. And it's freeing because it means that nothing, there is really no points and therefore I can kind of make it up, make up the rules as I go. Uh, and I know I'm just kind of rambling my open mind to you guys right now. I may, I may not air this episode because I feel like it's a whole disaster, <laughs> um, but I know that, you know, no one is necessarily inherently entitled or deserving of anything, but I can choose to give myself forgiveness. And if no one is entitled to anything, then why not me be forgiven, right? And why not other people be forgiven? Because the alternative is hatred and anger and holding on to what can't be changed. And I don't want to live my life that way. So for any of you guys that have made some big mistakes recently, done anything in your past. You know, I think back to my relationship. Uh, I posted on one of my confessions that I have um, cheated in my relationship twice. And what really helped was forgiveness for myself and also my partner really forgiving me and not holding it against me, not bringing it up, not um, bringing it out when we do have fights now, you know, holding on to the anger and resentment. He really just accepted the reality. I accepted the reality. And then we made decisions from there on what we want to do about that reality. And we still decided that we loved each other, you know, and moved on. I don't want to speak for him because it was, you know, we talked about releasing it beforehand and everything, but that is also another big thing in my life that was a huge mistake and something that I really hated myself for, for a long time, but it also was not worthwhile for anyone. It would have hurt him to hold on to anger. It would have made his life miserable and it would have made my life a lot more miserable if I had held on to anger towards myself. So remember, if you are wanting to forgive yourself for something, 
forgiving yourself doesn't mean that what happened is just fine and okay. It can still be a very bad thing. It's not justifying it. It's just accepting it, accepting the reality. Because when you resist reality, you really don't win and you just become exhausted. And then it's also just letting go of the anger, right? It's just, and you might be met afterwards with sadness, you know, just a little, um, little melancholy, if you will, about the situation, but it's a lot. Anger is an exhausting emotion. I think out of all the emotions I feel, anger is my least favorite. Um, it just makes me feel so tired after and makes me feel so justified and bitter and um, fueled by rage. And it's not an enjoyable emotion. So feeling angry towards myself I just don't want to do that. And I think that I'm going to live a much better life and the people around me are going to live a much better life if I'm allowed to forgive myself. So that being said, I know it's a little bit of a somber episode, but I think it was important to share. Uh, and it's funny also on a lighter note, for those of you guys that don't know, um, my car was not like I had, you know, no coverage on my car because my car is actually very old. <laughs> It is a 2005 Toyota that is just kept on trucking along. I've been meaning to get a new car for so many years, but I was like, you know, I'm still paying off some debt. I'm still getting my grounds on with money. I'm, and this car keeps on running. Toyotas are very reliable. So we're just going to drive it into the ground. And it has been through so much crap. It's had so many breakdowns and it's still kept on going. It's so many years. We thought this is the year it's going to die. It still keeps on going. It's over 200,000 miles now, I think. And I love that this car went up against a Nissan Rogue, which is, you know, it's a, it's a decent car. It's bigger than my car for sure. And the Nissan Rogue was the one that couldn't drive away. And my car, even though the headlights busted, the bumper, front bumpers busted, and it really doesn't look drivable at all, still was able to drive back to my apartment complex. And I just like that what put, I call my car Lucy because it's red, like Lucille Ball. Um, it's a red like Toyota Solara. And I love the fact that Lucy what put her in the ground was not old age but really an accident and actually it is still drivable but at this point the repairs on it it's just not worth it I think this is the push I needed to get a new car um, my parents have been nagging me for years to get a new car more more or less begging me to get a new car <laughs> but now it's time so there will be some like you know, out of every tragedy, there's usually a bunch of good, there's good um, new birth, right? After like a forest fire, there are new flowers and regrowth that happens. So it's going to be sad to let go of that car. It's, I've had so many memories with that car, but it's so interesting that on a funnier note that that car, it really didn't, it didn't die. It just got into an accident and we decided not to repair it, but ideally I could have driven it for much longer. So anyway, Thank you guys for listening to this episode. I know that it was just a bunch of craziness all wrapped into one, but I think you guys can probably relate a lot to what I'm saying. And a lot of you guys have probably made a mistake similar to mine. So if you're in that position, maybe you've just been and purged. Maybe you've just had, maybe you've just been in a fight with your spouse or partner or whatever. Um, maybe you just did something that probably like was a little scummy. Maybe, maybe you lied to someone, something like that. I don't know but we're all human out there. We all make mistakes and it's about taking responsibility, which is what I did this weekend, accepting it and then forgiving yourself and fixing what you can now instead of trying to revert back into 
um, pretending like it never happened. Really just accept the reality of the situation, let go of that anger and resentment because it's not helping you, and then figure out what you can do now and forgive yourself. Promise you'll be better off for it. And I definitely think, you know, no one's necessarily deserving of forgiveness, so just grant it to yourself. You are worthy right now of forgiveness. We're all just inherently like, the thing that I live by that helps me the most is that we're just inherently valuable as humans. Inherently valuable because we're living creatures on this earth. And that is why you're deserving of love. That's why you're deserving of anything. So just grant yourself forgiveness. No one else needs to give you permission for it. No one else needs to tell you what's okay. You get to do it, which is a really beautiful thing. All right, I'll let you guys go. Never give up on yourself, my friends. Hey, if you like this episode, you have to come check out the Binge Breakers Recovery course. If you're trying to recover from bulimia and you're sick of doing it alone and you feel like you've tried a lot of traditional therapies and it's not working with you, come join the course. Go to bingebreakers.com slash recovery dash course.